What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? I am your host, Armand Lee, welcoming you all to another brand new episode of the Quarterly Report Podcast, episode 119. Thanks for rocking with me for another hour and a half of your day, week, or whatever, however you break down listening to this podcast. Man, it's fall. I love this time of the year. The temperatures, fingers crossed, hopefully will finally come down and stay. And while I revel in this beautiful weather, I'm going to break down what you have to look forward to in the upcoming hour of this show. I'm going to be breaking down the big fight. I've been waiting years for this fight. Errol Spence Jr., Sean Porter, they're getting it on this Saturday night. I cannot wait. Y'all know if you've listened to this podcast for any significant amount of time, I have been a fan of Errol Spence, and I'm going to break down why this may be the one welterweight, realistically, who, propose, who poses the biggest threat to Spence. I'm going to break that down a little bit later in the show. Plus, after years of talking about Colin Kaepernick, we, as a society, for whatever reason, still have no damn clue about protest. I'm going to break down a specific example that has hit near and dear to my home and many of your guys' home this past week. I'm talking about all of that and so much more. But first, our number one topic this week. First quarter. Y'all hear the music, so y'all know what time it is, baby. Y'all know what time it is when you hear the 50 Cent song, Wangster. For those of you who are new to the podcast, and yes, I do know that there are newer listeners each week. I want to first thank you so much for joining right for rocking with me for an hour and a half each week secondly i want to ask what the hell took y'all by my so long you understand what i'm saying i could be at this point a few years earlier had y'all got on earlier but whatever you know you're here now and we welcome you we embrace you with open arms but to make sure you are aware of what's happening when you hear wankster on my pod number one first go back to episode one there's so many really, really funny, really, really dope podcast episodes. So catch up. You understand what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's really dope. Like, really. I'm not just saying this because I'm biased. Actually, I am saying it because I'm biased. But I also genuinely feel this way. <laughs> but, again, to give you some backstory, there is a segment on this podcast called Sports Wangster. And I use this song, right, because in the, I don't know if you want to call it legendary, infamous, um popular song, whatever, however you want to phrase, categorize Wangster. One of the more memorable moments of 56 career is when he was like, damn, homie, in high school, you was the man, homie. What the fuck happened to you? I think those are, those are such a, that's such a poignant phrase, sentence, because we've all been there. Hell, some of us are the Wangster. Well, you was the dude. You was, you was running shop. When, when you was in high school, Slim, everybody looked up to you. Big man on campus, bong, bong. And that's when you peaked. And that's got to be hard, bro. That's got to be a hard pill to swallow. But in case you're still wondering, like, man, okay, I kind of understand what you're talking about. Let me give you some examples. We have a sports wingster hall of fame. We're going to have to build a new wing because so many of these Bama's keep coming. I've put Carmelo Anthony in the sports wingster hall of fame at least four different times. At least, he is a multi-inductee into the Sports Wingster Hall of Fame. 
when Melo was in high school, when I was in high school, when a lot of y'all Bamas was in high school. Melo was the man. Slim, I remember people debating Melo being greater than LeBron James. And guess what? I was one of them. How foolish was I? How foolish were we all? Melo's out the league, Slim. Dog, if Dwayne Wade wanted to come out of retirement, he could get a job. Melo is practicing every damn day. Recording practices. Just looking around saying, hey guys, look at me. And no phone call. Sports wingster. Freddie Adu. For all my black and red, the bar of Bravo. All y'all DC United fans out there. His ass was the first inductee. It can't get more sports wingster than Freddie Adu. His ass was on David Letterman. Partying at College Park. Where the fuck is Freddie Adu now? Nobody knows. Lenny Cook, Steve Francis, the list goes on. I think you have a good idea, right? You were on. You were super on. Not that long ago. Whether I was in high school, you were in high school, they were in high school, they had the world by the balls, at least it seemed. And then, damn it, it came crashing down. That's the entire idea of the Sports Wankster segment. And this week, damn it, we're going out the park again, bro, because Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, bruh, it has not been that long. You remember, everybody talks about Colin Kaepernick, right? We've talked about it in the past. This, for me, at least, the, law, the line in the sand has been drawn. I don't feel the need to continue to talk about it. I know what time it is. I think, I like to think that the audience, you all who listen to my podcast, you're extremely talented. Like we, I like to think that we, well, although we have fun, we have a certain level of discourse. There's a certain level of intellect in this podcast, right? So we don't need to keep on rehashing the same topics about Colin Kaepernick. We know what time it is, right? So bomb. But while Colin Kaepernick gets so much attention, ridicule, however you want to, however you want to define it, when he was in the Super Bowl, guess who his coach was? It was Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh and Colin Kaepernick were thought to have redefined, right? the quarterback position forever. What Cap was doing, and it wasn't that long ago, that's the crazy thing. It's like, what, six, seven years ago? Maybe eight? I don't even know. Right off the top of my head, I don't want to do that. That's nasty. But, like, just not that long ago, we thought that the quarterback position forevermore would have been completely redefined. It had evolved. It had changed. Colin Kaepernick and Jim, and Jim Harbaugh's offense completely outplayed Aaron Rodgers. Like, Multiple times. That was a real thing. In way to a Super Bowl. After that Super Bowl, things started to fall apart, whatever. Things started to happen between Cap and Harbaugh in that front office. Harbaugh left San Francisco, but he left the NFL riding high. Because all of the blame was pointed at that front office. It was like, man, you let Jim Harbaugh go. So Jim Harbaugh started, not since they started, but kind of the the momentum of Jim Harbaugh was Stanford and Andrew Luck, and look how great Andrew Luck looked. And then he came to San Francisco, and look how great um, Alex Smith looked. And then Alex Smith got hurt, and then, wow, Colin Kaepernick and Jim Harbaugh are redefining the quarterback position as we know it. Things started to falter. Jim Harbaugh left. And though people understood that Jim Harbaugh probably was a guy who would get on your nerves and He's someone that you can only deal with in small doses. And after a while, probably it would have run its course. We knew some of the flaws, but he was still propped up, 
right? And I don't want to say propped up because he had a hell of a run. NFC Championship game. NFC Championship game. Super Bowl. I mean, he did it. He was there. Right? Those are accolades that he earned. So I don't want to say he was propped up. That's that's unfair. But he leaves San Francisco and then he goes to his alma mater. Michigan ran Rich Rodriguez. Who was that? Brady. I don't know. Brady Hope. I forget the guy's name who, who followed Rich. And it was like, oh, we've got our Michigan man. And oh my God, Jordan and Jim Harbaugh comes to Michigan and they're taking exotic trips. They're going to Greece and they're going to the, the Coliseum and they're doing all of these things. They're running their damn mouths. And everybody in every sports reporter, all of the analysts, every quote unquote expert, man, Michigan is turning the ship around. Michigan is going to turn it around. We are looking at a team who's headed to a college football playoff championship or at least a berth. Michigan and Ohio State, this is going to be a battle. Ba 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 ba. All of the superlatives, all of the adjectives that you can come up with. Jim Harbaugh is the best thing since dot dot dot. Man, Jim Harbaugh's old fraudulent ass. <laughs> I like college football. And look, this is no shot at Jim Harbaugh. This is no shot at Michigan. There's a lot of Wolverine fans out here. We're not calling y'all Bama's Wolverines no more. We're calling y'all Logan. You saw the movie Logan? When Wolverine got his ass whooped. All right. Y'all not Wolverine anymore. Y'all Logan. Stop it. I'm so sick of hearing about Michigan football. I'm so sick of hearing about Jim Harbaugh. What have you done, bro? What have you done? Like, how long are we supposed to wait? You understand what I'm saying? And like, this, this is not hate. This is not hate. We just got to be real. We just have to be real. He comes and he has all the hype in the world. All the hype in the world. He has a nice first year, right? They play Ohio State. We know what time it is. So, and, and that it was a broken record. Ohio State punishes these battles. Penn State will punish, like, whatever. So then Urban Meyer leaves. It was like, okay, now this is your year. There's no excuses. All of these players are now your guys. You've been here for so long. Urban Meyer, we, we gave you the bell. We were like, Slim, okay, whatever. You can't beat Urban Meyer. He, not only is he going to beat you, he's going to embarrass you. So now that he's gone, bomb. You don't even have to worry about beating Urban Meyer, your top rival. Wisconsin beat the dog shit out of it. Like, how, bro? If Wisconsin beats you 24 to 10, fine. You understand? If it's a 19 to 3 game versus Wisconsin, cool. How Wisconsin damn near put 50 points up on the board? Like, come on, bro. What are we doing? What are we doing? You feel me? I was, and it's, again, this is not to take anything away from Jim Harbaugh's professional career. This is not to take anything away from Jim Harbaugh and what he did at Stanford. But now we're looking at everything differently because maybe, just maybe, it wasn't you who unlocked Andrew Luck. Maybe you benefited from having Andrew Luck in Stanford and having Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco along with an amazing defense. I'm questioning everything, bro, because you have been given so many opportunities, so many chances, so many excuses. Bro, what's taking so long? What's taking so long? You are a Michigan man doing it the Michigan way. Getting all this money, 
had all the hype, got Jordan on the logos, going to all these trips, win a game. Win a game. Go to a big time bowl. Beat Ohio State. Compete for a championship. These should not be, if I'm if I'm to believe the hype, the hype that you have no problem rocking with. Because when everybody wants to talk and sing the praises of Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh is there. Got your doctors, you know what I'm saying, endorsement deal. And look, I'm not mad at anybody for making money. I don't care. Get your bread. But also, this is the thing that bothers me. A lot of people don't like when you get a large contract and you don't quote unquote live up to it. That doesn't really bother me, right? You get paid based upon the, the market. And as someone who has made a career off of covering and producing sports and now, right, spend an enormous amount of time talking about sports, I have no problem with anybody affiliated with any sports team to get paid. And that goes to college players as well. We don't have to relitigate that topic either. Okay. So I have no problem with what Jim Harbaugh is making. I ha I'm happy for him. I hope he, I wish he would have gotten more. What I am bothered by beyond, I had no problem with the contract, but what I am bothered by is the coverage. And if you are one of those people who seek it, if you are on some Antonio Brown and yes, we are going to get to a B later in this show. If you're one of those people who are always looking for the spotlight and always looking for the camera and you embrace the tough talk and all this flexing dog, if you flexing slim, you better be ready. You better be ready. And he wasn't ready for urban Meyer. Urban Meyer looked at Jim Harbaugh like Scooby snacks and we all shot a bail. That's the thing. <laughs> Michigan and Ohio state. You think about rivalries, that's one of the biggest that come to mind instantly, at least for me. We all were just fine with saying, okay, you can't be Urban Meyer. So just wait till whenever he leaves. And that was kind of the consistent, that was the, 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 the common thread, how we all believe. Like, all right, well, Jim can't be Urban, so cool, whatever. How? <laughs> make that make sense to me, Slim. I don't get it. So your main rival kicks your ass and everybody's cool with it. We all was like, hey, well, you know, those, that's how it gets down. We just like, yep, Wednesdays after Tuesday. We just accept it. You know what I'm saying? Regular degla with it. Your rival leaves and then three weeks into the season, you get mocked by Wisconsin. It's one thing to get beat by Wisconsin. I'm not, I'm not trying to say like, yo, losing to Wisconsin is an embarrassment. Dog, you got mocked by them. How? Where's the direction of this story franchise? Y'all ran Rich Rod's ass out of there so quick. Don't tell me it's just because Rich Rod is running spread offenses and wild and all this other stuff and, and Jim is a Michigan man. Nah, that can't be it. Stop trying to find a Michigan man and get a good head coach. Stop trying to buy into the hype. You feel me? So Jim Harbaugh. Yes, yes, much accomplished as a professional head coach. Absolutely, much accomplished at your earlier tenure at Stanford. No one is taking that away from you and no one can argue that. But right now, I remember when Bambas were thinking that you were going to go to a national championship. I remember when I was thinking, when everybody was telling me the NFL is lining up the door in Michigan to welcome you back into the pros. And that may be true. That latter part, that second part may be true. 
But, dog, there's no national championship around your way. We're not calling y'all the Wolverines no more. You old man Logan. I seen you get your ass kicked over and over and over and over again. And it's not even that surprising anymore. What's surprising is that nobody else is saying this. Damn, homie. In high school, you was the man, homie. What the fuck happened to you? Jim Harbaugh, Slim, sit your ass down. You are the newest inductee into the Sports Wankster Hall of Fame. My goodness. My, have the, how the mighty have fallen. It's been so fast. You were on sports and it feels like just a year ago. Talking about all of this stuff, this woof woof and tough talk. And now Wisconsin throwing up Oregon numbers on your ass. UCLA numbers like, huh? <laughs> huh? How is that happening? You, and I know there are a lot of Michigan, excuse me, Logan fans out there, particularly in the D.C. area. Let me know. I'm ready. I'm ready to fight all y'all Bamas. Or maybe you guys have finally put your allegiances to the side and have realized that Jim Harbaugh is not the guy that you were led to believe. I want to hear from you. Email me at quarterlyreport at gmail.com or tweet at me at quarterly show. That's Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E show. Man, I when I was a kid, I used to love Michigan. I loved them. Y'all better hire, y'all better look to, to Charles Woodson. Y'all better get somebody. You want to talk about Michigan, man? How about you just get a good head coach? Huh? How about we do that? Stop believing the hype. You feel me? Stop chasing the fireworks, bro. Show me where the good cookout's at. You understand what I'm saying? That's how I break down my 4th of July celebrations. Don't tell me where the fireworks are at. Tell me where the party is. Tell me where, the, where, where I can go swimming, where I can get some good food. You understand what I'm saying? You chasing the Jordan brand and, oh, my gosh, he got this. He's such a maniacal uh, competitor. Nah, he's not because he's getting his ass kicked by Wisconsin. Stop it. You understand? You want to be a professional head coach? Go back to the NFL. You could do that. You could do that. And this national championship talk is over for me. I'm done. Don't want to hear it anymore. Win a game. All right, guys. We are going to move away from the gridiron and talk about something that has been years in the making. I am so excited for this Saturday night, and I'm going to tell you exactly why for our second topic this week. Second quarter. It's always fun to see someone that you've, or see a group that you've watched for a long time before they ever hit it big. And you see the climb, you know, you see the climb up to the top. And then when they finally get there or on the precipice of getting and reaching and attaining their ultimate goals, it's fun to kind of look back and like, man, I remember when. Now, this can ultimately become really pretentious. You know, if you like the band before they blew up and then they have this really big single or really big record. And then you're like, oh, they sold out. Don't be that person. You know what I'm saying? We all know somebody like that who really who got on with a musician when they were going to little local clubs, small venues, and then they finally got one, right? They hit a lick, and then it blew up. And then as soon as other people start recognizing what you've always liked, you're, like, done with it because it becomes, like, the cool thing. Like, ah, uh, you know, 
I remember when it was just me, like, and that becomes nasty. Don't be like that. Because I do think there is a beauty of seeing the, the dedication, the work, the, the sacrifice, right? The, the grind. Everybody talks about grind. Oh, man, I grind. I work hard. I grind hard. If everybody was grinding, everybody wouldn't be also then complaining about their current circumstance, right? There is always a process. You can be in the process of grinding and then still complaining. But if you're grinding, it's a, you just keep on going. There are times that, yeah, you have to take a, a really, a quick detour. You have to take a pit stop, you know, and yeah, it's tough, but then you pick your head back up and you keep on grinding. Grinding isn't like grinding has become kind of the look at me thing. But when you really grinding, you ain't, you ain't really worried about other people because you are completely focused on attaining a goal. And if you have people along the way witnessing and watching and helping and supporting you reach that goal, when you finally get it, man, yo, the people who've been rocking with you for a long time, they are happy. They are genuinely happy for you. You are ecstatic because you have reached the goal. But the people who have been right there with you along the way and sometimes viewing you from a distance, man, that's a, that's a gratifying feeling because not only are they there because of the support, but you also are a, a, a type of encouragement. Like you, you, you possess a certain level of encouragement to others because like, yo, this person fought their ass off to get here. And right now I'm talking literally because Errol Spence, I remember years ago and I'm not trying to flex. I'm not going to, I'm not, this is not about me. This is about watching Spence literally being ducked all of the top welterweights. I've said it in the past. Porter Spence should have happened four years ago. We all know it. Sean Porter had the belt that Errol Spence has currently. You know who beat him? Kel. Kel Brook. Spence had to go fight in Kel Brook's backyard just to get a title shot. You understand? Look at the path that Spence has been on. All of the urban legends. The people that he supposedly knocked down in sparring sessions, supposedly blacking uh, Floyd Mayweather's eye in the sparring sessions. All of these things. Keith Thurman still don't want it. We know it. I mean, he, he damn near put up a post of a billboard and said, I don't want the smoke. Manny Pacquiao, they rolled his ass into the ring. Manny smiling, you know, doing the whole good Samaritan thing in his head, speaking Philippine, whatever. Get my, get my ass, get my Filipino ass away from this dude. <laughs> That's exactly what Manny was thinking when they rolled his ass up in there after Spence completely ripped apart Mikey Garcia. What's Mikey doing now? Think about it. Look at the path at what, in which Errol Spence has had to go and maneuver just to get to this point. I mean, Slim, I'll tell you sometimes. Sometimes doing everything that I'm doing, it, it becomes overwhelming. And I'm like, man, give me a sign. Like I, I'm trying, like try to stay focused, try to stay, uh, try to stay hungry enough to keep on moving. And sometimes, you know, I'm looking around like, bro, I got, I need a sign. Show me something. And it's right in front of my face. My favorite fighter been grinding literally to get to this point. And I'm super happy for him, bro. Because not only is the world starting to see like, yo, 
This boy Spence is bad. But the boxing world is starting to take notice. And so too, Wall Street, he's getting all these endorsements. His face is all over the sports television stations now. And I'm happy for him. But even in my happiness for Errol Spence, it also is slim. You almost there. This is not the time to get cute. Because say what you will about Sean Porter. Sean Porter is not the boxer that Errol Spence is. No. Sean Porter absolutely dug Errol Spence for years. Absolutely. Along with Danny Garcia. Along with Keith Thurman. Along with Adrian Broner. All the guys, all the glamour guys at 147. They all could have fought Spence years ago. So it's not that I'm saying that Sean Porter is the boxer that Errol Spence is. But I've always felt... That if there was going to be a boxer at 147, at 147, who would present a difficult fight for Spence, not including Bud, obviously, right? I think we've had this conversation on this show several times in the past. I don't think that that fight ever happens. And the longer it takes to actually come to fruition, I think you could probably put a stamp on it. In fact, real quick aside, now that Canelo Alvarez is moving up in weight, I'm almost certain... That Spence has his probable his next two to three fights laid out. If he beats Sean Porter, I definitely think he wants to fight Keith. I absolutely think he wants to fight Keith. I don't think a Manny Pacquiao fight is in the books. If we don't get a Bud Crawford, Spence, Errol Spence showdown within Spence's next three fights, which would basically be in 2020, Spence is moving up. I don't know how he's still a welterweight, honestly. But, I mean, just the discipline and the work ethic to keep that weight down. He's a huge welterweight. And the power and the talent, the skill, the hand speed, the defense, everything that Spence does, everything that was on display versus Mikey Garcia, he has all the tools at that weight class. And I've always felt that with Charlo's chasing and that chase for Canelo, it's not... It's not looking as promising as it once did. But I've always felt that Spence was going to move up because the Charlos were going to chase Canelo, and now that Canelo is moving up, it's time that they move up, and in turn, almost like a domino effect, Spence will move up. But there's still money to be made starting on Saturday night. But Spence can't look ahead. Spence can't be cocky because, again, if there was one fighter at 147 who would present so many issues for Spence, it absolutely is Sean Porter. Only because Sean Porter is too stubborn not to know any better. We all know what a Sean Porter fight looks like. He's going to fight on the inside. He's going to muck it up. He's going to grab. He's going to hold. And he's going to keep on coming. Spence has the power. So there's not going to be these beautiful exchanges unless Spence's footwork is amazing, which it will need to be. We are going to see how disciplined Spence is and how much, how much he will rely upon his skill. Because there's only so many... Hell, man, Adrian Broner knocked down Spence, or not Spence, Porter. We know Sean, he's, got a, he's a dog. But he has not been in the ring with lightning bolts like what Spence has. We know that. If left to it, if there's ever going to be these clean exchanges, Spence is going to run through Sean. And Sean is a smart boxer. He knows that. So it will be incumbent on Spence to rely upon his skill set, laying down traps, using the jab, and keeping the footwork, keeping his feet busy to get those clean exchanges. Because 
We know what Sean is doing. Sean is like the 99 mile per hour closer. Comes in. You know what he's doing. He ain't trying to be cute. There's no cutters. He's throwing heat. <laughs> Maybe there's a change up. Maybe. But that's it. You ain't got to worry about all this cute stuff. He's coming at you. That's exactly what Sean is. And I give him credit for it. And it's one of the reasons why years ago I said the one welterweight outside of Bud who could present trouble for Spence is Sean because he's going to try to muck it up. If Errol goes through this fight on Saturday, the way he went through Mikey, thought we are... I don't want to hear anybody talk about Spence being on the, the back half of anyone's top 10. He put oh, he put forth a masterful performance versus Mikey. If he does that against Sean, dog, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear any debate who's the best at 147. No disrespect to Bud. Bud is a monster. Bud hasn't fought anyone. He hasn't fought a damn soul at 147. No one who can challenge him. Look at who Spence has been through. Say what you will about Mikey. Moving up in weight class. He did it. Oh, how many 147, how many fighters at 147 would make Mikey look that bad even in his first fight? I can't think of two. I can't think of two. Kel, everybody wants to kill Kel because of the way he lost. But when he lost to Golovkin, everybody was looking at him as a soldier. Tell me the difference. I can tell you a difference. When he fought Golovkin, he moved up in weight. He fought Spence at his comfortable weight class. Still got his eye socket broken. You tell me. You tell me. I'm so excited for Saturday night. Because, number one, I want to see if Spence understands the moment. If Spence realizes, like, yo, I'm here now. Let me put on a show and make the, and make no mistake about it. Leave no doubt. I am that. Mm. You feel me? Put a stamp on it. That's what I want to see. And I also want to see how, how determined is he? The grind to get here was tough. It was long. It was, it was difficult. But you can see the bright lights now, right? The hard part is in the past. You almost dead. Like, you can smell it. You, in fact, some of that being, like, he just kind of on already. Not on like he could be. Not on like maybe he should be. But still kind of on. I want to see if Spence still wants to grind. And who's a better fighter? If we're talking about grinding, who's a better fighter to go against than Sean? Because that's all he knows. Like, we, everybody who's ever seen a Sean Porter fight knows what Saturday night will look like if Sean Porter has a chance. Spence and his camp have to know what's coming. And this is the beauty of boxing. This is why I love the sport so much. You know what's coming. What are you going to do about it? Because you don't have a reliever. You don't have a sixth man. You don't have a head coach to scheme you open or get your receivers. You can't run a pick play, right? It's your left hand, is your right hand, and your heart, and your mind. Get it done. Oh, shit. I can't wait for Saturday night. If you're a boxing fan, man, hit me up. Let me know what you're going to do on Saturday. Let me know. Who you think will win, how long it'll go. Maybe you're not a boxing fan and you want to know more about Sean. You want to know more about Spence. Should you buy the fight? 
Let me know any question, whether you're a boxing fan, boxing diehard, or boxing novice, man. I love talking about sweet swine, the sweet science, easy for me to say, on this show. And I want to hear from you. Email me at quarterlyreport at gmail.com or tweet at me, quarterly show. That's Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E show. Slim, I know a lot of y'all are as excited as I am. I can't wait for Saturday night. I literally cannot wait. All right, guys, you heard the horn, so that means we have come to halftime. And halftime this week, we're going to make a return. I told you it was going to go away for a little while, and, and we did, maybe about a month or two. But now it's time to head back to the call center, man, because there are a lot of people, a lot of people, celebrities and sports superstars who are going through it and clearly need yours truly's advice. Take a listen. Hello and welcome to the Quarterly Report Call Center where we answer your toughest and most pressing questions. I'm Armand. Give me your name, where you're from, and what's bothering you today. Yes, my name is Jalen and I'm from Jacksonville and I have had about enough. You hear me? Oh, hold on now, bro. It's a lot too much dip on your chip right now, Slim. You got to chill out a little bit. I have had enough. I'm one of the best in the game. And I am okay. not being treated like the elite athlete that I am. And I am done. Okay? You hear me? I want out. I think that I deserve much better than my current surroundings. I've called out sick. I've demanded a trade. I need out. So quarterly report call center, tell me what I need to do to make sure that I get what All I right. deserve. Jalen, let me stop you right there, bro. It seems like you're getting really, really worked up. And that's cool. It also seems like you're very, very confident. And that's also a great thing. I don't think you can be great at anything without having a certain level of confidence. But this extra bravado, bro, you don't have to fool anybody. All of the energy that you are putting forth and trying to project yourself as being the next Dion, the next prime time, you know, whatever the case may be, chill, man. All of this extra stuff is actually working to your detriment, man. You, you got to rechannel your focus. Refigure things out, man. Sit down, calm yourself. Because the crazy thing is, bro, you talking about how you feel that you're great and how you are among the best and how your surroundings are bringing you down and how you are one of the league's elite. What you're doing, calling out sick on practice? That's some basic shit, bro. Matter of fact, that's something that I would do. When I don't want to go to work and I'm tired, I call out. And I'm the most regular dude in the world. You can't run around acting like you're superior and you're elite when you're doing basic stuff, bro. Come on now. That don't even make any sense. Now, if you want to get out of town, the way it seems, it seems as if your days are numbered in Jacksonville anyway. Stop focusing on all this other stuff that you can't control. You can't control whether the team trades you or lets you go. What you can do is make sure that everybody remembers you, not as being the pain in the ass and the malcontent, but as the elite, one-time elite cornerback. The one guy who can, at times, be a shutdown defensive back, right? Because right now, all of the off the field and all the extracurricular stuff has usurped your play on the field. And that's never the position that you want to find yourself in. Hopefully that question right or that answer helps you 
moving forward, and that solves your question. I think I've got time for one more. Caller number two, welcome to the Quarterly Report Call Center. Tell me your name, where you're from, and what's bothering you today. Yeah, man, this AB from New England, by way of Oakland, by way of Pittsburgh, by way of Liberty City. And I've had enough too, man. I heard Jalen just now, I'm done, okay? They keep on taking advantage. They wanna paint me as the villain. You understand? I haven't done anything that people before me have done. And people keep on pointing at me like I'm the bad guy, man. But yeah. AB, you gonna have to sit your ass down for a minute, bro. You gonna have to sit down. Matter of fact, I'm gonna give you some free advice. I'm going to tell you something. That someone, anyone who, say, who says that they love you, they all should have told you this. I'm giving you this free of charge. Someone who is a complete stranger to you, a perfect stranger. I've never met you before in my life, but I'm going to tell you something that all of the people who say they love you, they should have told you a long time ago. Matter of fact, if the people in your inner circle have not told you, have not at any time, at any time, specifically within the last month or so, if they have not told you any type, anything close to what I'm about to say to you now, you need to reconfigure your your core relations, bro. You need help. And I'm not trying to be funny when I say that. You need to talk to somebody. You need to talk to a professional. You need to get some things sorted out in your life because this ain't it, bro. 30 M's. You've lost 30 M's in like a month and a half. 30 M's you are not going to get back. Slim, I don't know if you ever play another down in the NFL again. And if you do, it's going to be at a ridiculous discount. That's money that you'll never see. And you are still a young man. You need help. And if any of these allegations are true, Slim, the help that you get will not be because of it's a choice. It will be forced upon you. You need to clean up a lot of things in your life, brother. You need to clean up a lot of things in your life, right? I have no idea if any of these allegations are true. I hope for your sake that they're not, because if they are, you're nasty, and you're one of the awful men on this planet, and you will get your comeuppance. Karma is a motherfucker, and she coming. So, if they are untrue, this is the perfect opportunity for you to clean things up, bro. Because we all get and deserve second chances. I don't know because you are now on your third, fourth, and fifth. Slim, not many of us get it that far. You are extremely talented at playing football. So that has allowed you this many opportunities. But you have wasted all of them. You may not, you probably won't get another opportunity to play in the NFL, but that does not have to define you. But in order to get to that point, in order to extend your quality of life and be the person, you keep on complaining about people depicting you as a villain. No, Slim, you are depicting yourself as an asshole. And if you don't like that, you have some self-work that you gotta do. And the fact that no one around you has told you this yet, means that you need scorched earth start from scratch right because trust and believe when those when those funds stop coming and they're not coming 
Your whole life stem is going to be turned upside down. You better prepare for that right now because it only gets uglier and nastier from here. All right, y'all, that's my time. Probably going to be a good, away for another month or two. So if you need any advice, or maybe there's someone that you want advice for just so you can deliver it to them, let me know. Hit us up on the Quarterly Report Call Center. I'll see you back here in another month. You heard halftime, man, and the A-B story just continues to unfold and is real nasty on so many different levels. You just heard, if I had the opportunity to talk to him directly, that's what I would tell him. But this this entire situation is so layered, right? That there's so much more that I have to say, not only as if I was talking to AB, but kind of a reflection of all of us, right? Now, look, there's, there's only so much that we know. There's a lot of really awful allegations being, um, you know, he's accused of some, some really horrible things, yet we don't know just now you know, where things stand. There's a lot of he said, she said stuff. Unfortunately, that's typically the way things go in some of these situations. However, there's so much more to discuss. So we made our halftime adjustments. We know exactly what we want to come out of the half working on. And that's exactly what we're going to do with our third quarter. This third quarter. If you were trying to describe Twitter to someone who had never witnessed it, been on it, experienced it, there are a lot of adjectives that one would like to, that one could use. Um, but for me, because I try to stay away from all the foolishness, I try to stay away from the trolling, I don't, I don't buy into it. I just kind of leave it alone. However, one of the things that I've witnessed in at least my interactions on Twitter is that everybody wants to get jokes off. And that's cool. You know, sometimes the things that get us all riled up, they're not really that serious. And if you can always keep that in the back of your mind, like, yo, this ain't that serious. Okay. Like I'm spending 140 characters talking about who wore what, or this television show, or who's better than this athlete, which athlete is the greatest, this, that, and the third. None of that is important. None of it isn't important. You know, importance in terms of, in the great scheme of things, it may be important because it interests you. And I'm not trying to diminish anyone's feelings, but ultimately don't, don't get worked up over somebody that you've never met, that you probably never will meet giving their opinion. Even if they're being rude, like don't get yourself worked up over it. There's like real life things happening. And we're going to talk about that in the fourth quarter. However, if I'm breaking down Twitter, it's that everybody's trying to get jokes off. Everybody. And this weekend, when Anthony a Antonio Brown is Anthony, Antonio Brown is going going through whatever it is that he's going through, the jokes were flying left and right. And it was cool. Like I get it. I get it. But I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. I don't know if it's because I'm a father now. Or I don't know if it's just because I have a certain level of sympathy that I did not have, you know, a decade or so ago. But I'm looking at the jokes and I'm thinking to the first thing when I see Antonio Brown going is kind of Twitter tirade Sunday morning where he's taking on shots at Robert Kraft and Ben Roethlisberger and Shannon Sharp. The first thing that goes on in my mind, even before 
Sunday morning was, yo, I hope AB is okay. Deadass. When I found out that he was released and he tweeted out, man, on a Friday. And all of this stuff that, like, yo, he was trying to get in on the joke. He was trying to, you know, join in on the fun, get those first shots off. And I was like, man, you know, sometimes when you're out and, you know, your homeboy or somebody, maybe even even you, you in on the Jonas session and it just happens to be your turn to take those L's. And you kind of jump in, you know, and you like, hey, man, you know, let me go ahead and throw a shot at myself. Sometimes you can tell like, yo, he genuinely is feeling good. And they're like, yo, I understand. It's time for me to take these L's. I'm going to roll with the punches and it's all good because we're all having fun. You're having fun, too. That's when it's cool, right? Because we all got to take L's, man. And life is crazy. So if you can't laugh at yourself, dog, I'm not really even trying to rock with you. But there are those moments when it's your turn to take those L's and you try to put on a good front. You try to put on a good face and kind of laugh at the jokes. Maybe you send some self-deprecating humor your way as well. But it doesn't hit the same because it's like, yo, I can tell something's wrong. I don't ever want to pile on. That's not the type of person I am. You understand? Because that's like bullying. I'm not cool with that. Especially if something is wrong. Now, look, when talking about Antonio Brown, and I tweeted this out this past weekend, I want to make sure I'm not throwing too much sympathy his way because some of the allegations that are being raised against him, you know, if, if true, he's one of the worst human beings alive. He's a scumbag, right? If the allegations are true, and there are several, okay? So I want to be careful not to ship out too much sympathy his way. However, I'd be lying that Sunday morning when I saw all the jokes, my first reaction was like, bro, I hope he's okay. Yeah, he lost his job on the off day. Yeah, he went out of his way to make Robert Kraft and Ben Roethlisberger and Shannon Sharp look kind of nuts. And it's important to realize that the stuff that Antonio Brown was tweeting, although he had very, I mean, he made, he made a lot of points. The tweets had merit. I understand exactly what he was saying. The idea that when it's on you and we're talking about you, you keep pointing the fingers at everybody else. No, 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 no. There is a time and a place for that. And there may be a time and a place where you, you can then highlight those kind of inconsistencies, those discrepancies. But right now, you aren't the person to do that because we talk about your actions. Don't, don't, don't have your hand in the dirt and then be like, hey, but look at them over there. No, 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 no. I'm looking at you. So to me, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because people are coming at you. And we see that you were intimidating a woman who had no intentions of even raising allegations against you. This is the second woman. And you were DMing her. Like, the whole thing is nasty, right? You had an opportunity to speak about your situation. And I understand why you wouldn't want to, especially if it's a legal matter. Your lawyers may have told you, don't say anything about your current position. But if you're going to take that stance, then just shut up about everybody. Because there are other people who would highlight, yo, the NFL. We all know the NFL is ass backwards when it comes to domestic violence, domestic assault. We know that. Trust and believe. There are, there's an army of people lined up ready to highlight the NFL's inconsistencies. 
But we talking about you right now. And right now, Antonio Brown, your world from the outside looking in. I'm not judging. I'm just giving you my perspective. And from my perspective, your world looks nuts. And I worry because, bro, I don't care how much money you have accumulated. I don't care how wealthy you think you are or you want to portray yourself to be. Losing $30 million in less than a month is nuts. Because that's what happened. The Patriots got up out of that contract two days before they had to make a decision. Or three days. Friday, they was like, nah, bro, we couldn't ties. Because they knew on Monday they was going to have to pay. The Raiders already let you go before they even paying you a dime. You went out of your way to make a big deal about the helmet. I'm not even mad at you about the the chirotherapy, the chiro, you know, the, the your feet, the frostbitten feet, because that's just a mistake. I, I I don't think that that's a negative reflection on you. That could happen to anybody. You don't have the right equipment when you take that type of therapy. So I never really even got that. You know what I'm saying? But the helmet, you brought that on yourself. You 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 calling Mike Mayock out of his name and threatening him and all this other stuff. You brought that on yourself. You're recording a call to Jay Gruden. You brought that on yourself. This stuff continues. You talking about release me to the Raiders. You putting that out there on your Instagram. You you brought all of this on yourself. And you live in a world, it appears, at least to me, that you live in a world where there are no consequences. And if you want to trace this back, the first time, the first time I ever heard anything about Antonio Brown being anything other than one of the best wide receivers of all time. Look at the numbers, his touchdown ratio. This is not me being hyperbolic. Like he's among the greatest wide receivers ever. The first time I noticed anything about AB outside of the, the field, the football field, is that Facebook Live thing where he's recording Mike Tomlin giving a speech that should have been private. And all of these, all he's doing is recording himself smiling, and you can hear Mike Tomlin in the background. Now, Mike Tomlin, which we talked about last week, guess what? I hope them bags are packed, bro. You 0 3 now. But I digress. Mike Tomlin, luckily for him, he didn't say anything out of line. He didn't say anything. This, like, if you've been in an, if you've been in a football locker room, let alone an NFL locker room, you know things are said all the time that are that you can look at super sideways. And if you and if you are under the assumption that you have privacy, right? Mike Tomlin could have got caught out there butt ass naked in a really bad situation. You feel me? Luckily that he has a certain level of discipline and a certain level of integrity that he didn't say anything reckless. The worst thing he said was he called the Patriots assholes, right? Who cares? But like, like, let your imagine, I guarantee you, not every NFL coach, if they were recording, being recorded, not knowing that they were recorded, I guarantee you there's far worse things that would have come out of that. But that's the first time I, I realized, yo, AB is a different cat. He's on this look at me. And not like the typical quote unquote wide receiver diva type of stuff, but on some like I'm addicted to your attention. And if you you and I and I have no I there is no type of consequence. Like I don't understand actions and consequence. I don't have any type of reference point to that. Because since then, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse, at least from the public knowledge. I have no idea about these allegations. 
You know, and, and you know, these are awful allegations, some of them. But some of the other ones kind of highlight what type of a man this guy is. Not the stuff about the, the not the awful things, but just like the, the things that I don't even think that he would argue against. The things that have like clear cut evidence. Farting in the doctor's face, being late, not paying people, not abiding by contract, being very dismissive, thinking that he's better because he has money. All of these things that can actually be, you know, verified. They paint a certain picture of a person. And when, when anytime I see someone who values themselves or others based upon their wealth, Antonio Brown is young. His earning potential is... I don't think he's going to get another chance in the NFL. Not the way he's caring about himself. Forget all, forget the summer. Just look at the way he taught, he treated Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft is a made man in the NFL world. And if the Patriots went out there and cut him after a week or so, you think another team is going to try it? He will have to have put forth so much work on himself and showing other teams like, yo, I have improved. I don't know if that's going to happen. So, yes, I am worried about Antonio Brown. He's lost $30 million in a month or so. In a month. He's in the prime of his earning potential. He's not making that money anymore. $30 million guaranteed. It's not coming around anymore. And I don't know how stable he is. And I'm not trying to be funny. And for someone who's so addicted to your attention, someone who's clearly so addicted to social media and what you say and what you think and how people are talking about him. Like now you see that the, the waters of money now. And I don't know how this story plays out, but I'm concerned genuinely because it's nasty. It's nasty on his part. And again, I understand. I don't want to suit. I don't want to ship that much sympathy his way because he could have, he could be a deplorable person. Like some of the things that he's being, that's being, uh, you know, he's being accused of some of the worst things a person could be accused of. So maybe I'm soft because, you know, I'm, I, I feel sorry for him and I worry and I'm concerned as I'm concerned about some of the victim, the alleged victims, but like, what has to happen? What has to have gone on for a person? Forget about some of the allegations. Just look at the last, just look at the last five months of this man's life. What has to happen? And then with the ending being, I lost $30 million. I don't know. I'm not comfortable being a passenger in that ride. Are you? Because I know Twitter's all about getting the jokes off, and I know Twitter's all about having a good time, and it's all about being the snarkiest and the pithiest and all these other things. But at some point, human, you know, emotion has to come back, right? Or maybe it's just me. Because when I see what happened this past weekend with Antonio Brown, the first thing that comes to my mind is this story does not end well. Let's hope that I'm wrong about all of that. I want to hear your thoughts. What, do you, what is your biggest takeaway from the Antonio Brown ordeal? Email me at quarterlyreport at gmail.com. That's quarterly spelled Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E, -E, report 
at gmail.com. And make sure you tweet at me, man, about anything. NFL, NBA, the NBA season is about a month away. You want to talk about boxing, television, music, you name it. Tweet at me at Quarterly Show. Again, we spell quarterly here. Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E Show. All right, guys, three stories down. That means we have one quarter left, and we're going to finish up strong because, damn it, y'all Bama still have no idea about protests. That's my fourth topic this week. Fourth quarter. You know, it's funny. As someone who follows sports as much and as closely as I do, and if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming it's a safe bet that you follow sports a lot as well. It's funny, over the last three-plus years, we've been inundated over the head time and time again about protest. Obviously I'm talking about Colin Kaepernick and about protest and peaceful protest and exercising your, you know, your rights as an American and all this other stuff. And, you know, initially when Colin started his protest, people were like, Oh, you know what? It's, this is not the time. This is not the place. And one of the things, and I'm not here to talk about the protest anymore in cap. I think at this point, everybody knows whatever, whatever size you're on, you're not moving, right? The lines have been drawn. No one's going to change anyone's mind. I think it's clear how I feel about the topic. However, one thing, one of the many things, in my opinion, that I thought was beneficial and why I think it's such a dope move that cap did is it really illuminated and, show, uh, and shown a light on just how little we as a society know about protests. You know, it's weird how, depending on the topic, we are real big on about, about our constitution and, right, and, our, and our rights, right? There's certain, you know, amendments and there's certain fibers of our society that we clutch and that we can recite and that we know all too well. However, certain other aspects of the same constitution, right? The same rights that we all have, we don't know really much about, or at least we're ignorant about it. And the fact that so many people don't still to this day, don't grasp the idea, the principle and the purpose of protest if you're not hurting anyone right the the point of protest is to disrupt i live right outside of washington dc largo maryland this dc area is filled with liberals right people who like to think of themselves as forward thinking and progressive and you know this utopia of progress if you will but these motherfuckers ain't nothing like that we all like to believe we are this forward-thinking group of people, but that's not the case because when it all falls down, when it all boils down, right, when the chips are all laying, people resort back to their natural instincts. And naturally, we as Americans, we are very self-centered. If it, we are myopic, right, and we're all about convenience, convenience to yourself. Case in point, again, we have lived the last several years in this world that has been informing us all about protest. And if you were to ask the vast majority of the people who are upset about the climate change protest, the climate strike protest that happened Monday in Washington, D.C., 
If you were to ask them at any mother point of their lives, they would tell you, oh, yes, protest, peaceful protest. We're all about it. This is Washington, D.C. Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech. Dr. King is one of the, I mean, you can't, what American has, what American, right, has utilized the protest more effectively with higher stakes than Dr. King, right? One of his most famous moments, his most famous iconic speeches happened right here. Fast forward however many decades later, and there are, and again, I'm not trying to compare protests. This is, that's not what I do. Again, I, I feel as if we become, we trivialize things when you compare and you try to put things up against things, right? The civil rights movement was vital. <laughs> I don't think I really have to tell you why it's important to me. You feel me? But even as a black, it doesn't matter what your race is. I think we all can understand the civil rights movement was one of the most significant things to happen in this country. Likewise, the environment and and fighting for the environment, like dog, it gets no bigger. You understand? No matter how, play it out in your head. <laughs> Run the simulations. If the earth falls apart, you, myself, your children, your unborn children, your unborn grandchildren, your dog, you understand? It's all done. There's Listen to me when I say this. There is no point of a 401k if your ass is dead. You feel me? You're saving up for little Judy's college fund. What the fuck is college if you can't breathe? I don't understand. Like, if you listen, you, you read an article, and this is not scare tactics, right, dog? I promise you. I'm not like this super hippie. But, bro, all of the smart scientists out there saying the, the clock is ticking. You feel me? How this is not A1 on everyone's list is beyond me. Bro, whatever your, unless you want them old, rip, like, crickety rickety motherfuckers who like look like you just got out of a bath but looks like that 24 7 unless you know you about to die you 94 years old you had to run did all the all the living that you could have ever dreamed and you were like hey bro sorry <laughs> those were the cars that were dealt unless you one of those balance everyone's first first right the, the number one thing of importance should be the environment. There's nothing in the world that means more to me than my daughter, right? However, no matter what I can provide, I want my daughter to live a long, happy, healthy life. I pray for that each and every night, each and every morning. How can that happen if there's no planet? <laughs> you understand? Or if the planet continues to rapidly erode year after year. Dog, I salute the people who who pro who struck like caused chaos in DC. Man, shake the system. We too cool out here, Joe. We out here like yo, yep. <laughs> it's hot in in October. So, or oh, it's the coldest winter ever for like the fourth year in a row. We've got five hurricanes just chilling. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? We've got islands in the Caribbean. 
every single year. Every year. Dog, Houston just got hit last week, and we just chilling. You understand? This is like the third time in 10 years Houston has been completely devastated by a hurricane. And it's becoming regular. And there is no shock to the system. We have, it's the same, dog, it's the same thing when it comes to gun violence, right? I'm not preaching, I promise you, I'm not trying to preach. But I'm trying to, I'm, I, I'm trying to understand. You feel me? I'm trying to understand how we have become so numb. We all are experiencing it in real time. And we get mad because we got some people who are yelling at the top of their lungs, bro, this ain't for play. Wake your ass up. And we get mad because we late to work. Dog, huh? Slim, I'm at my job. I'm at my job. Again, I work in news now. And I'm, I'm listening to the sound. I'm trying to put together a piece and an element and a package about not just the protesters, but the people who are then upset at the protesters. And I'm thinking to myself, these are the same people, if you catch them, who will tell you, oh, man, you know what? Colin Kaepernick, he's just protesting. It's part of our, it's our part of the Constitution, peaceful protest. You're not hurting anybody. This is how, this is one of the pillars of our society. And you're going to be late to work. You're going to be 30 minutes late to work because these people are trying to fight for our, our, our planet, our civilization. You're going to be an hour late to work and you upset? Hey, people say, hey, man, this is not the way to win people over. The fuck is then, bro? Like, how can you make people care about something that they clearly are indifferent about without ruffling feathers? Answer that question. If you have shown me that you do not care about what is vital, what is completely, like, if there is no planet, there is no life. It should matter to all of us. There is really no rebuttal. How can I make you care about something that you have shown nothing but indifference and a cavalier approach? How can I do that without making you upset, without pissing you off? How does that happen? You are inconvenienced. Think about, think about how far removed we are. You feel me? And I'm not out here like I'm this tree hugger. You understand? I had my partner over the place last week. She's telling me, bro, you got to get rid of all the plastic. I got a lot of plastic and the paper plates. Slim, I'm not out here acting like, you know, I'm I'm wiping my ass with tree leaves. You understand? That's not, that's not what it is over here. However, you don't have to be a tree-hugging hippie to understand, Slim, shot clock violation is right around the corner, bro. And when that shot clock goes off, there ain't no instant replay. You understand? You don't get a do-over. Slim is a wrap. I need to have my system shook. You need to have your system shook. We all do. But the hypocrisy with liberals, man, bro, especially in this area, we want to act like, yo, we so far, we so evolved, we're so progressive, we're so forward thinking. Nah, we not. Because the moment we become inconvenienced, we sound like them Bamas on Fox News. Oh my gosh, how dare you? Blah, 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 blah. Imagine how foolish you sound being upset for someone because you are late to work while these people are trying to make sure that you can extend your life and the life of every other human being. 
Like, how foolish does that sound? Like, no matter what happens, people who would rock with the I'm with cap shirts would be the first people, or some of the, I don't want to put it like that, but some of the same people who will have I'm with cap and all, and, and talking about how peaceful protests are, you know, and an important part of our society, of our democracy, will be the first people upset on Monday. And I'm thinking to myself, how did that sound? How did, how did we get here? Your job, Slim, if you are, if it's that important, like, I get it, right? I've been extremely fortunate, been extremely blessed to have a family, to have, to be able to put money aside that I'm not hurting. I'm not living check to check, but everybody's not like that. And I get that. So I understand that people need to get to their job because they need to make their money and they need to have complete 40 hours a week at least, right? I get that. But if your job is that much in, that important to you, like Slim, if, if, if it's, if it's, if that 30 minutes is that much, that job clearly isn't satisfying you. That job, you care more about your job than your job cares about you. How, how important is that 40 hours, that 80 hour work check? If there's nothing to spend it on. If your home has been devastated by a storm, right? Like, we gotta wake up. You understand? I love talking about sports with y'all each week. I love it. And no, I'm not gonna always talk about social issues or environmental issues. I'm not gonna do that, right? Because I don't want to, and it, and it doesn't move me that way. But when I go into work and I see people losing their minds about people trying to care for them, for all of us. In the same town where Dr. King spoke, where everybody acts like they're, they shit don't stink because we're so forward thinking. Nah, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. I don't get it. When you see people trying to do the right thing, bro, I get it. Life is frustrating. We all have bad days. We all want to get where we need to be at the time we want to be there. Yes. But yo, take a step back, bro. Take a step back. It, it, you understand? Don't lose the forest for the trees. Because getting mad about being late to work when people are fighting for our environment. If that ain't the dumbest shit in the world, I don't know what is. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm too hippie-ish right now, man. I want to hear from you. Email me at quarterlyreport at gmail.com. Tweet at me at quarterly show. It's Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E -E -E show. Maybe I'm a hypocrite, right? You know, maybe I'm a hypocrite. You come to my house, got paper plates, got plastic bags. Y'all know how we do. Go to the grocery store, you got new plastic bags every day, put them under the cabinet for whatever reason. I don't know why. Right, maybe I'm a hypocrite, bro, but I don't I don't think I don't think you gotta be Captain America, Captain Planet, to realize, yo, we all need to do more. That doesn't mean that I'm gonna start picking up litter every day. Nah. But when I see people trying to shake the system, trying to trying to bring attention to a cause that affects all of us, I'm not gonna try to run them over when they keeping me away from my job. You understand what I'm saying? That joint is nuts. That joint is nuts. But maybe I'm tripping. Let me know. 
All right, guys, I want to thank each and every one of you all for rocking with me for another half an hour, an hour and a half this week. And I also want to let you know, next Tuesday, we're back at it, bro, with a recap of the fight that I've been waiting for years. Sean Porter, Errol Spence this Saturday. If you're going to watch it, I'm going to live tweet it on Twitter. Make sure you follow me again at Quarterly Show. That's Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E Show. Make sure you go on over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to pods. Download, subscribe, and please leave a review. Let me, your friends, and the world know what you think about, in my humble opinion, the best sports podcast going today, The Quarterly Report. I'll see you guys right back here next Tuesday on The Quarterly Report.